Oh, and my camera is frozen. Give me two seconds to refresh the camera. I don't know what happened there, guys. Let's do this. Let's do this. And we're good. That's very weird. But with that, I want to say thank you guys for joining me. I'm kind of flustered now. Hey, guys, it's Tim and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited as it's Monday. And this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up, a handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. Our today's show does go. Not a lot of news stories. We are going to be reviewing NXT Great American Bash from last night. We're talking about Kevin Owens, what he has stated about his future with WWE, one WWE Hall of Famer trying to stop another WWE superstar from using a move, AEW tapings news, and an update on the G1 plus more. Because again, this is the wrestling wrap up every Friday and Monday morning, right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. You can watch this show either live later or listen on podcast services all around the globe. Remember, you can watch live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, App Podnik, your iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, right here, right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, we are brought to you, or you can head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. Also, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're getting something up to 75% off on the summer sale, whether you're getting Nicolas Cage in Dead by Daylight, whether you're claiming the free games, Homeland or Home World Remastered, or Severed Steel, or getting into Fortnite, Fall Guys and Rocket League, use our code right here, PWUNLIMITED, at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use code PWUNLIMITED for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. Also, the show is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Loot. We'll talk about that later. As far as the show does go, so before I talk anything, and give me one second to do something here, I did just finish watching the Cody Rhodes documentary. And I will say, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a fun watch, an easy two hours to get through. It starts from when Cody's a little kid, going through being the son of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and then Cody playing sports as a kid, and then Cody getting into collegiate wrestling in high school, becoming a state champion in this and that, wanting to be an actor, that not really working out. Him then saying, nope, I'm going to commit fully to wrestling, and so forth. Go all through his first run in WWE. Talk about him leaving WWE. Talk about him going on the indies. They talk about him doing all-in, working with AEW, starting that company, and then going back to WWE. And not a spoiler, of course. The whole thing does wrap up with him losing to Roman Reigns at this year's WrestleMania. So, very, very cool. Very good documentary. Triple H at one point does call AEW a second-tier promotion. So that's a thing. But regardless, I would say if you 
haven't watched it yet, go watch it. It's a good two hours to watch, something you could throw on in the background. We know the entire story of Cody Rhodes. I mean, most should at this point. So really, you're learning a couple new things here and there. And yeah, it's good to like, you're working on something, you're doing some playing a video game or whatnot, throw it on in the background and listen to it. But as far as what we're going to really talk about, let's kick things off by talking about last night's NXT Great American Bash. Now, overall, I thought it was a good show. There's some things that weren't all that great. Like, this was not a good night for Tiffany Stratton. But the main event, oh boy, was that main event amazing. Was that main event awesome. So I didn't see the pre-show. There was an eight-man tag team match, or an eight-person tag team match. And I did not actually see that match. I saw, like, the highlights that they showed during the main card. But it was Dragon Lee, Nathan Fraser, Alyssa Leone, and uh, Valentina Faraz defeating Metaphor. Which is Noam Dar, Ora Mensa, Jakara Jackson, and Alash Legend. I heard Booker T was on one during this match. Like, Booker got a little annoying throughout the show, but I heard he was on one during this match. The main card opens with clips of Dusty Rhodes, who was credited with creating the concept of the Great American Bash. Basically, he come up, came up with a name. Cody then narrated the cold open, which we had learned earlier in the week he was going to be doing. The show itself then starts off with the NXT tag team titles on the line. It was Gallus defending against the D'Angelo family. Or is it just the family? It might be just the family. Match was fine. I almost can't even say it was good. Like, if good is your middle point here, great is up here, fine's down here, it was down here at fine. Like, it wasn't the best of matches. It was there. So, as far as the match does go, there was a really good near fall early on when the family did the old power and glory tag team finisher from the early 90s. In doing that, Tony T executes... Tony D executed a superplex before Stax jumps off the top rope with a splash. Basically, FTR's one of their finishes. Subsequent spinning attempt was, or pinning attempt was broken up, though. Joe Coffey at one point got involved and hands Wolfgang a club, but it was a red herring to distract the referee. That then leads to another near fall where the pin is broken up, and then moments later, Tony D'Angelo loses, uses a crowbar to hit Joe Coffey when he tries to interfere. Stax hits a hip lock uh, over the top rope. Stax is hip locked over the top rope by Tony D'Angelo into a dive to the outside. Back in the ring. Bada bing fin- the bada bing finisher on Wolfgang. Tony D then covers Wolfgang and pins him. New tag team champions. So for the story that they've been telling, they had to be new tag team champions. But like the match itself, the two teams didn't seem like they were fully on the same page at times. And things got a little clunky. So I wouldn't say it was that good of a match. It was fine. It was a passable developmental match. So that's what we're doing here. We're in developmental. Expected more from these guys, though. Another match that was good but not great. Roxanne Perez versus Blair Davenport in a weapons wild match. During her entrance, Perez is walking around ringside. Perez then hugs her sister and her mother, who are sitting in the front row, that they show multiple times throughout the match. She's then suddenly ambushed by Davenport, 
who was in the front row wearing a hoodie, pulled over her head. The sneak attack backfires as Prez fires up on Davenport, basically playing off the whole attacks that she's been doing wearing the hoodie and stuff. They brawled early on and often. Weapons came into play basically right from the beginning. Folding chairs, trash cans, among other things. Davenport. Davenport cut off Perez with a shot from a trash can. Davenport is pummeling Perez at ringside when Davenport pulls out a branding iron to use as a weapon since they are, well, in Texas. Chairs are piled up in the ring and trash cans as well. Davenport then taunts the family members and, oh my gosh, so she taunts the mom and the sister and the sister just starts crying. I don't know if the sister was acting here. I don't know what the heck was going on, but, whoo, yeah, this is good. The sister played her role very well. Davenport is also uh, Perez, then fires up on Davenport with a bull rope. Davenport is also whipped with a belt that she had earlier against Perez. A huge pop from the live crowd when Perez pulls out a table from underneath the ring. It then came into play later when Perez put her on the table and then got to the top rope and did a splash off the top rope through the table off the floor on the floor below. When they did the spot right in front of the family, Davenport twice countered the Pop Rocks. Perez takes a bump that crushed a trash can when she suplexed, was suplexed on it. After the table spot, though, Perez does the Pop Rocks. Davenport takes the finisher on the pile of chairs, and Perez pins her to pick up the victory. So there we go. Roxanne Perez does get the win. So then we have Gable Stevenson versus Baron Corbin in Gable Stevenson's first match. Now, if we're just basing this off of what the match was, Gable Stevenson's first match, and this just being more of a brawl than a match, then it was it was good. But if we're judging it as another match on the show, it wasn't all that good. It, it really wasn't. Decent deal for um, Gable Stevenson, like de- decent in-ring debut. But here's the weird thing. The crowd was for Corbin and not him. They booed him. And they cheered Corbin. And I think one of the things that really got them against Gable Stevenson was early on. Corbin like ran the ropes. Gable Stevenson tripped him up and put him in an ankle lock. And I bet you the crowd. And this is what I thought. Oh, he's trying to be Kurt Angle. And I bet you the crowd thought the same thing. Oh, he's trying to be Kurt Angle. And I get it. I'm not saying no one else from a collegiate standpoint, can use an ankle lock, but that's Kurt Angle's thing. But again, the crowd was very much for Garen Corbin in this match, which is very weird. I don't know the last time we heard a Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin chant. But the match goes. Gable Stevenson does some good belly-to-belly overhead suplexes and whatnot, but then really the two are brawling on the outside. And you hear the ref just start at the top of his lungs. Three, and we go, oh, they're going to a count-out finish because the ref usually isn't going to be yelling this loud unless he wants to make sure that you know he's counting them out. And he does. And they just continue to brawl. They just keep on brawling. The, the brawling continues as they tumble over the announce desk. At one point, the crowd chants, bullshit, as they're trying to be pulled apart. Referee and security pour out. Corbin and Stevenson keep brawling and knock out the security. Um, Stevenson then sends Corbin crashing with an overhead suplex 
through the barricade at the timekeeper's area. And yeah, Stevenson stands tall, but it was more of a brawl than anything. Not really a match, per se. Uh, Lyra Valkyra, or Valkyria, is being interviewed backstage by Mackenzie Mitchell when Valkyra is ambushed by J.C. Jane. Rhea Ripley then just walks right on by. Then it just keeps on going. Uh, it was set up that Lyra will take on JC this week on NXT. Then, something that was really good, like really, really good, Dominic Mysterio defending the NXT North American Championship against Wesley and Mustafa Ali. And I'm so glad that they didn't take the title off of Dom yet. So Dom tried to use powder early on, but he is surrounded by both Ali and, and Lee. They chased Mysterio. And they double-team on him for a little bit. That partnership does fall apart at one point. As, again, they turn on each other, much like they did in storyline heading into this bout. Ali and Lee face off while Dom is selling on the outside. An opportunist. As an opportunist, Mysterio jumps back in the ring to shove Ali and Lee off the top rope. They then tumble to the floor. Dom goes for the three amigos, but that backfires when he tries to suplex both of them at the same time on the third amigo. And they double-suplex him. The counter, um, there were some high spots done by Ali and Lee to show that they have a, they can have a banger of a singles match eventually. There was a spot where both Mysterio and Lee are dragged on the bottom rope. So basically, remember back in the day when Alberto Del Rio would drape, you, drape the guy over the top rope and then he'd climb up and they'd do his double foot stomp on him and it always looked preposterous. Like, why are you just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting? That's what this was. They were on the bottom rope on the apron, just laying there, laying there, laying there, and eventually Ali goes for the 450 on the apron. Ali, though, crashes and burns, and that leaves Lee and Mysterio together. Ripley then gets involved by demanding that Lee do not dive. He, goes, he was going to go for a dive on Dom on the outside. She gets in the way, so instead, he does do the dive, but he jumps over Rhea, like, oh, damn. Excuse me, and then crashes onto Dom on the outside. Ripley then executes a riptide, though, onto Wesley through the announce table. And boy, did she slam this guy hard. Like, she got him up for the, for the, um, the, um, riptide. But you can tell, like, she got him up and wasn't sure if he was going to break the table or not because she didn't have him up high. Like, she usually gets with these smaller women. And she just used all her might to goof, crash him through that table. Somehow, though, Lee, uh, Lee then gets thrown back into the ring, and somehow he kicks out after Ripley rolled him into the ring. There's more near falls and whatnot. Ripley tries to give Dom the North American title, but the referee intercepts it. That was also a red herring like we saw earlier. In the tag team match, Mysterio then grabs the woman's title from uh, Rhea and hits Lee with it. Lee still manages to kick out, though. Ali finally jumps back in and drop kicks Mysterio off the turnbuckle. Ali follows this up with the 450 on Lee, and Ali goes for a cover. Ripley pulls Ali out of the ring to break the pin attempt. Mysterio then does a frog splash and covers him to pick up the win. One, two, three. So there we go. Dirty Dom, still your NXT North American champion. So in the back, Trick Williams cuts a promo that really made me think Trick was turning on um, Carmelo. Because it's all of, I've got his back. I hype him up. I keep him going. We're the best of friends. We've known each other forever and this and that. And he's and like, oh, you're going too hard on the friends thing to make us want to think that you're going to turn on this fool. 
So then we had submission match. NXT North or NXT Women's Champion Tiffany Stratton defending against Thea Hale, and boy, was this a bad night for Tiffany Stratton. At one point, she gets blown up and just falls over trying to go for a Boston Crab. So Hale got a special entrance. The crowd was given Chase U banners to hold up to help make her look like a superstar. Stratton's entrance spoofed to Barbie, which is very popular right now. They wrestled back and forth early on before Stratton begins working over Hale. Stratton works the back as Hale is a babyface in peril. That plays into the submission step as Stratton worked over the back to then apply submission holds targeting the back. Hale fights back, but her hope spot is dashed when Stratton catches her in a body scissors. Hale powers to her feet, and she begins to rally. The comeback leads to a dive by Hale. Stratton is sent crashing into the ring post shoulder first. That would play into spot, a spot moments later when Hale goes for a Kimura. Stratton then breaks up the attempted hold. Hale would then apply the Kimura again, but Stratton got to the ropes for a break, which is weird because on commentary, they literally said, well, there's no DQ, so there should be no rope break. But then the referee just lets them break the hold with the ropes and they let go. People didn't know what was going on. Rules were not defined before the match. They do a high spot off the top where Hale gives Stratton a, su- a super northern light suplex, basically like an exploder. Stratton twice does her prettiest moonsault to the back of um, Tiffany Hale. No, Thea Hale. I don't know why I said I mixed their names up. Thea Hale. And she goes for it. She's, I don't know what happened here, but Tiffany Stratton gassed herself and she falls over right on her face. She then gets up, applies the hold, wrenches it, wrenches it. It looks like Thea was trying to, like, move around, but because um, Tiffany was so just tired, she was just sitting on Thea, and Thea couldn't move. So then eventually, Mr. Chase does throw in the towel. Duke not too happy with that because, well, Thea would not tap and couldn't get out of the hold either. But Tiffany Stratton does eventually retain the Women's Championship. Then we get an interesting backstage segment. It's uh, Dragon Lee, Dominic, and Rhea. And I liked there was a subtle difference here with Dom and Rhea. So they're talking crap to Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee says he looks up to Rey Mysterio and whatnot. And Dom's like, well, I put I put this family on the map. And I'm not just another Rey Mysterio wannabe. I'm the first Dominic Mysterio unlike you. And then Dom literally just goes, all right, mommy, let's go. Which I liked. I liked that Dom told Rhea, let's leave. Because it's usually Rhea telling Dom what to do. But no. Dom was the one in charge at one point here. Just be like, Mommy, all right, Mommy, let's go. He's never the one to tell her what to do, which I really, really, really liked. Changing things up. Then we had our main event. Boy, was this good. This was fantastic. Not the best of finishes. Like, it could have had a better finish. But regardless, I thought this match itself was fantastic. Super fun. And these two guys beat the dog crap out of each other. Dragunov had red contacts in his eyes early as they said he is seeing red as he is pissed off going into this match. Uh, They wrestled early back and forth with some catch wrestling. Somewhere along the way, Dragunov starts brutalizing the chest of Hayes. Meanwhile, uh, Trick Williams keeps trying to motivate uh, Carmelo. Dragunov continues to pummel Hayes and Hayes takes a ton of punishment. Nonetheless, Williams keeps trying to motivate Hayes. Dragunov then dashes some hope spots. There's a comeback by Hayes, and he fires up on Dragunov. Hayes then takes an enziguri, but he answers right back with La Mystica and lands right on the 
freaking head and face of Carmelo Hayes. Uh, that popped the crowd. And the crowd's hot now. Like, really hot. Like, they've been hot throughout most of this match so far. But this really got them. There were some receipts by Hayes as he peppered Dragon off with chops and strikes. And then got into a strike battle with some stiff elbows from both. Hayes then did a springboard into a DDT for a near fall that led to a This Is Awesome chant. Dragunov then leaps off the top rope into a back senton for another near fall. Dragunov attempts to go for a coast-to-coast. This is great. So they go for the coast-to-coast. It seems like it's mistimed a little bit, but that's fine. Because they go for the coast-to-coast. Carmelo jumps up to go for a code breaker. As he's coming down with the code breaker, he kicks his feet off like to push Dragunov. And Dragunov does just a great flip. Like, you know when people back in the day would try to oversell the stunner from Stone Cold, mainly the rock? Well, that's what this was. And he does the wildest bump off of a code breaker, just flies in the air, and the crowd starts chanting, holy shit. Hayes goes to follow this up with nothing but net, but Dragunov blocks it and power bombs Hayes. Dragunov signals for his finisher, and he drops the flying forearm. Hayes somehow, though, kicks out with a super close near fall. Dragunov takes an avalanche cutter after he was trying to go for a superplex. Trick Williams then grabs the championship to motivate Carmelo Hayes, saying, look at this belt. This is yours. You're fighting for this. You got this, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. He's hyping him up, hyping him up, hyping him up, hyping him up. And uh, there's another strike exchange. The fight then spills to the outside. Dragunov then leaps off of the top rope. And as he does, Trick is standing there with Carmelo. Carmelo moves. I think Trick maybe pushes him a little bit. And Dragunov comes down and hits his head on the belt that was in Trick's hand. Now, the, the announcers didn't catch it at first, but this then leads to Carmelo throwing Dragunov into the ring, going to the top, hitting the nothing but net, and, and then pinning him. The finish kind of just felt like it came out of nowhere, so that's why I said the finish kind of fell flat a little bit to me. It wasn't all that great. But then when they did the slow-mo replay and all that, then they tell you, oh, well, look, Dragunov's head hit the belt. That's why he was, after being like, you know, good to go, out. Like, out, in, in, down and out. But, regardless, really good main event. And then afterwards, Carmelo Hayes is, is celebrating. And you think, oh, Trick's going to turn on him. Trick's going to turn on him. Trick's going to... No. Trick didn't turn on him at all. But they're teasing it. They've been teasing it. So, eventually, I think Trick will turn on Carmelo. But... With that, that was NXT Great American Bash. I thought it was a really, really good show overall. A couple things in the middle weren't all that great, but from start to finish, I thought this show was really good, an easy watch, and I would recommend it. I would say if you haven't seen the show yet, go back and watch it. Go back and check it out on Peacock. As we move forward here, we'll talk some pro wrestling news. Kevin Owens had some interesting comments recently. Kevin Owens isn't sure about his future in the world of professional wrestling as a 29-year-old still has approximately a year and a half left on his three-year deal that he signed in 2021. Owens recently told the Toronto Sun that he's not certain what's next for him once his current deal expires. Kevin Owens stated the following, really don't know. I used to say I don't see myself not being in the ring for, for another five to ten years. And if I said it right now, I'd be lying because over the last few months, I have to admit, I don't know if that's true anymore. I look at things and I don't know where I stand going beyond the next year and a half. 
I know I want to be involved in wrestling. I know I want to be involved in the WWE, and I know I have a place here. I just don't know where it is exactly. Maybe it's still in the ring. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Again, he does confirm that he does have a year and a half left on his contract, and then he's not sure if he wants to continue wrestling after that or not, but he does want to stick around with WWE. So whether that is maybe him training at the PC, like being a coach trainer down there at the PC, being a producer backstage on the road for the main roster or even NXT. We'll have to wait and see how that all works out. But this is the first we've heard of Kevin Owens talking potential retirement, which is very, very interesting. Because we never hear Kevin Owens talk potential retirement. Um, but as we move on, it looks like one WWE wrestler former NXT wrestler is no longer with the company. Former NXT UK wrestler Aaliyah James is officially no longer under contract to WWE. In a tweet sent out Monday, July 31st, 2023, the 24-year-old James confirmed her WWE departure. She was still under contract following the closure of NXT UK, but hadn't been brought to the regular NXT. James sent out a tweet stating, quote, So now we know that I'm a free I'm free as a bird. Who am I going to wrestle first? James started her in-ring career in 2019 and first appeared in NXT UK in 2020. She hasn't wrestled since defeating Stevie Turner on an episode of NXT UK in March of 2022. And then, of course, we all know in August of 2022, they closed down NXT UK. And a lot of those wrestlers haven't really done much or done anything. WWE did state that they were going to open up NXT Europe sometime in 2023, but that looks like it's been put on the shelf as of right now, or at least pushed back possibly to next year. So it looks like Aaliyah James does want to continue wrestling, is going to continue wrestling, and just needs to figure out where that next step is. So we've seen a lot of wrestlers kind of like, not steal gimmicks from you know, Hall of Famers and whatnot, but try to, like, incorporate different Hall of Famer stuff in their style. And one of those is Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans lives up to the, you know, Marine moniker of I'm a former Marine and this and that and da-da-da, but now she's playing it up big, basically pretending to be the um, female version of Sergeant Slaughter, also even using the camel clutch. And it looks like Sergeant Slaughter is not happy. WWE Hall of Famer Sergeant Slaughter has filed trademark applications for four new trademarks with the United States Patent Trademark Office. The applications were filed and made on July 25th, 2023, using Slaughter's real name, Robert R. Remus. The trademarks are as followed. Sergeant Slaughter. Trademark registration intent to cover the categories of printed comic books, printed magazines in the field of professional wrestling. Sergeant Slaughter. Trademark intended to cover the categories of collectible coins. Cobra Clutch. Trademark registration is intended to cover the category of collectible coins, entertainment services, namely live appearances by professional wrestling and sports entertainment celebrities. And then a logo. There's a logo, like a military-style logo for um, Sergeant Slaughter name as well. And well, it looks like, you know, he's doing this in hopes that maybe WWE can't use the camel clutch anymore. I Yes, I'm not 100% sure what this is like the end game for this is supposed to be. Because it's very 
interesting why that he's doing this. Not a hundred percent sure why, but hey, he's trademarked this stuff again in hopes that no one else can use it. Lacey Evans has been using the camel clutch. Yeah, granted, Lacey Evans hasn't been wrestling much on television, but it's a very interesting one. Because we saw his, his daughter get mad recently on social media saying she shouldn't be pretending to be my dad and she shouldn't be using that move. And then, and then, and then, and then. it's like, okay. Yeah, he may have used the move back in the day, but it's like no one else can use it. Calm your tits. But as we come off of some WWE news, we got some AEW news. We actually got one AEW story here as it looks like for the first time next month. We are going to see Dynamite and Collision taped on the same night. Fans in Duluth, Georgia will get to see both AEW Dynamite and AEW Collision on the same night this August, August 23rd. It was announced today that the Collision, that collision will be taped at the Gas South Arena in Duluth, Georgia on Wednesday, August 23rd. This, along with the live episode of Dynamite, will all be taking place on the same night. The episodes are the go-home show for All In. <clears throat> and basically what it is, is they're going to be in Duluth, Georgia, and then immediately go to the UK for All In. And they don't want to have to... They're, they're not going... Actually, I should say... Do a collision from the UK. So they're going to do a pre-taped collision instead of doing one in the UK, which makes a lot of sense. Um, AEW does write the following. The final stop before AEW All In will be in the greater Atlanta area, Duluth, Georgia, at Gas South Arena on Wednesday, August 23rd for AEW Dynamite Live and AEW Collision under one roof on the same night. Now the big question here is what's going to happen with Rampage? Are they going to film Rampage that same night as well? Like, what about Ring of Honor? Are they going to film Ring of Honor that night as well? they got a lot of stuff they're going to need to film. Not a lot of time. I don't see them doing a six-hour show. Granted, I have been to a six-hour AEW event that wasn't a, a pay-per-view, which was when they did um, Dynamite. Well, no. That was only four hours. I take it back. It was Dynamite. Well, it was four and a half. Because it was Dynamite, Rampage, Jay Briscoe Tribute Show. So if you are going to be at that show in Duluth, Georgia, you're getting both Rampage or you're getting both Dynamite and Collision on the very same night. As we move forward, we do have some unfortunate news. Wrestling legend Adrian Street has passed away at the age of 82. Wrestling World has lost yet another legend and trailblazer. Adrian Street has passed away. His family confirmed the news to BBC that the 83-year-old died at Crumbrands Grange, University Hospital in South Wales on Monday. He had been recovering from a recent brain surgery. Street's wife, Linda, also his longtime manager known as Miss Linda, spoke about her husband's recent health issues, stating, quote, He'd had a heart problem a while ago, which was resolved. But then he had a stroke earlier this month, which resulted in a bleed on the brain. He was recovering from that at home when he developed col uh, colitis, a chronic inflammatory bowel disease which later turned into sepsis, sepsis, and that's what killed him. It all came about so quickly. I've still, come to, I've still not come to terms with it yet. We've seen a number of different people within the professional wrestling world send out their condolences. William Regal stated, 
I'm deeply saddened to hear of the passing of my friend and truly a one-off talent, Adrian Street. My deepest condolences to Linda and Adrian's family. Rest well. Triple H tweeted out, a gen genre-blending pioneer whose larger-than-life presence and ruthless ruthlessness between the ropes changed the wrestling world forever. Honored to have called Adrian Street a friend. My thoughts are with Miss Linda and the family, friends, and fans of Adrian Street. Uh, Progress Wrestling also tweeted out, we are incredibly saddened to hear about the passing of Adrian Street. Yeah, we're going to... Um, and this person from the chat. If it'll let me. They said, oh, we are incredibly saddened to hear about the passing of Adrian Street. Wrestling just lost another icon. Uh, Flash Morgan Webster tweeted out, so sad to hear about the passing of the great Adrian Street. A true pioneer and a trailblazer was honored for him to be front row when we became the first Welsh champs in WWE. Condolences to Adrian's wife, Linda, and his entire family. WWE even sent out a tweet stating, WWE is saddened to learn that Adrian Street has passed away. WWE extends its condolences to Street's family, friends, and fans. So we here at Pro Wrestling Unlimited want to send our condolences to the entire family, friends, and fans of Adrian Street. Now before we get into our G1 update, let's have a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Loot. For the fan and all of us. Pro Wrestling Loot is a curated box of pro wrestling merchandise sent to you every single month at one low cost. Each month, you're going to get a t-shirt, autographs, posters, art, and collectibles. This past month, they sent us the CMLL Welterweight Championship. For our listeners right here, use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout and you will get 20% off your next purchase. Again, head over to ProWrestlingLoot.com and use code P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D at checkout to get 20% off your next order. So we're right in the middle of the G1 Climax 33. The last time we gave you updates was all the way up to day 9. They have wrestled up to day 10, and that's where we sit right now with C and D block action. This write-up does come from Chris Frittis or Chris Fritz of F4W Online. Got to give him credit for this. As his recommended matches for the night were Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Haruki Goto. A fantastic match built around selling the wear of the G1. Both men looked good in their agony and developed delivered a superb emotional match. As far as the results from the night do go, David Finley defeated Hinare. Toriyano defeated Jeff Cobb. Eddie Kingston defeated Mikey Nichols. Katsuya Naito defeated Alex Coughlin. Evil defeated Tomohiro Ishii. Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Shane Hayes. This was a inner faction match. TMDK members fighting each other. There was a time limit draw between Tamatanga and Shingo Takagi. And Hiroshi Tanahashi did defeat Haruki Goto. As far as the standings do sit with the A block. 5-0 at the top. 10 points. Sonata. With six points, two, one, and two, it's Shota Umino and Kido Kiyomiya. With five, uh, five points, a two, two, and one, Gabe Kidd. Four points, two and three, Chase Owens and Hikaleo. Three points, a one, three, and one, Yoshi, Yoshitatsu, uh, no, Yoto Suji. I don't know why I said Yoshitatsu. Yoto Suji. And at two points at the bottom with the O, three, and two, Ren Narita. In the B block, eight points, a four, and one. We have both 
Zuchko Okada and Will Ospreay up at the top. Six points in a three and two is Taichi. Four points in a two and three is Yoshihashi, Kenta, and Tangaloa. And then two points with a one and four, Great Okan. And then a one and three with two points, El Fantasmo. Also remember, Fantasmo did miss a match. Doing the C block. At the top with eight points at a four and one, David Finley and Evil. With seven points at a three, one and one, Tamatonga. Six points at a three and two is Eddie Kingston. Five points at a two, two and one is Shingo Takagi. And then at the bottom, two points with a one and four, Hanare, Mikey Nichols, and Tomohiro Ishii. At the top of the D block with a four and one, eight points, it's Jeff Cobb and Zack Sabre Jr. Six points at a three and two, Tetsuya Naito and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Four points. At a two and three, Hiroki Goto and Shane Haste. Two points at a one and four, Alex Coughlin and Tori Yano. So that is our update for the G1 Climax Tournament as we just keep on rolling with this great action. But with that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up here. I do want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher. Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, we will be back live tonight following Monday Night Raw. And speaking of Monday Night Raw, at the time of this recording, four things have been announced for the show. Brock Lesnar will appear. Logan Paul will appear. Valhalla will take on Maxine Dupree in her first ever singles match. And then in tag team action, it's Seth Rollins and Sami Zayn taking on Judgment Day's Dirty Dom Mysterio and Damian Priest. So with that, guys, we'll see you back later on tonight following Raw. Have a great rest of your Monday, and I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.